Welcome to Offstage, everybody. We are so thrilled that you're joining with us. Uh, it's a, it's another new day. We're excited. We've been doing this for, well, it's, if we count our, our original start thing before we started on the podcast, it's been probably a year. It's been more than a year. We, we've been doing this, yeah. and it's it's been a blast. And Yeah. And so we're doing, but Dean, how are you doing on this wonderful day? I'm doing great. We have to act spiritual now. We were just laughing we, about all kinds of things, but... We're calming down, and we're going to try to act and look spiritual. I think we're going to talk about whether or not it's spiritual to laugh, because I, I think it is. It's also spiritual to take naps, because Jesus did. So, I mean, there's yeah. lots of things. But we are we were excited today, because we, we just finished up our, our Fruit of the Spirit kind of study. We spent 10 or 11 or 12 weeks, something like that, yeah. talking about what it meant to walk in the Spirit and the Fruit of the Spirit, stuff like that. And, and, we, and I just we just started talking a few minutes ago. Since we started this, okay, so we started it with our Wednesday night Bible study, and, and we did the book of James. Right. Then we have done Daniel. Yeah. We did the life of Joseph. Right. We did the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Is there anything that I'm missing? What else did no, we do? I think that's it. And we also did the spirit versus the flesh. Yeah, we talked about the spirit, the spirit versus the flesh yeah. as we as we got into walking in the spirit. Yeah. And so I, it's it's been fun. I'm learning. It, it's, it's, it's a great time. Um, hopefully, you guys are enjoying it, too, because... You know that's that's kind of secondary to us having a good time. I think personally, um, but but we're excited. So we're going to try something new today. We are going to walk through the essential doctrines of our church, and and just kind of talk a little bit about why we believe them and why they matter in our everyday life. Yeah. Um, you know, I love. I told Dean. I said I love the I love the idea that outside of our building on the wall it says in essentials unity. In opinions, liberty, but in all things, love. And I think, as in the Christian faith, if we would live by that, life would be so much less complex. Yeah. So there's certain things that we have to agree on to walk together, right? To yeah. be Christian. Yeah. And we've tried to make those as few as possible, but you just, they're just a must. You know, we can't disagree. And then there's like non essentials, which we would mean. Right. Non-required, they're right. still very important, and we still have strong convictions about them, but we recognize godly people who know Jesus, who are going to heaven, who are saved, are going to have different opinions about right. those things. Right. Well, like our series talking about end times, pre-millennial, post-millennial, amillennial, all, all that. that stuff, all those things would be Lots in that non-essential category. They're important for you to figure out in your own life of what you believe, Right. but there, there's enough flexibility in We're it. not going to require that we all agree. Right. And a lot of our doctrines would be agreeable by just about every Protestant Christian right. church That's in, right. in, in the world. They, they would kind of go, yeah, well, these these make sense. Right. Um, we so call it tried, boilerplate. Yeah, boilerplate yeah. theology kind of stuff. Yeah. We're trying to boil them down. But we know a lot of us don't think about how those things, and you'll see here in a minute, those things impact us every day. Right, they really matter. Um, so that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to walk down and show with you how 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 we get to believe those and then why they're really important in your everyday life because you don't sit and think about your deep theology in your everyday like when you're at the grocery store or when you're walking about right. you know at your job you don't think about god the father or the trinity or you know the bible being inerrant you know I mean you don't think about those things and these are things they're not separate from the bible this isn't different from bible study it's just subjects that come up all through the bible and we're we're sort of trying to put them together like what does the bible say about god right. about jesus about salvation, about man. And and so we will try to stick, and Scott has worked on this first one, and I love that we're going to stick with scriptures 
and not just man's opinions, you know. So, again, these are subjects that come up throughout the Bible. And you should think when you talk about God, what does the whole Bible say about God? We talk about Jesus or salvation. What does the whole Bible say? And um, try to put it all together. Uh, but, but again, we do it humbly. And we're not going <laughs> to... We're not going to just lay out 5,000 references for you today. So we're right. going to try to pick a couple to kind of just show you the point. I mean, there's tons. You can get online and look them up. You can, right. I mean, you can study it for yourself. So we thought we'd start with God because I think if we don't, if we don't clarify the doctrine of God, right. that, that sets us up for everything else to kind of go left of center. God is like the ultimate pinnacle. Like this is something you have to believe. So and some of the some of the cults are. Uh, groups that we would not identify with uh, have a very different view of God. That's one of the things. They do. Yeah. And, it's, and it's really interesting because a lot of those cults will use the same terminology. That's right. And they will mean something totally different. But when they describe God, he's not, he's very different. He's yeah. very different. And right. So we have, when we basically broke it down, there's, there's five lines, five statements about God that we have kind of, if you go on our church website, about our beliefs about God. And so we're going to walk through each one individually and just talk about them a little bit. Okay? So here we go. The first one says, we believe in God the Father, creator of the heavens and the earth. So that's one that, like I said, the majority of people who are believers have no problem, the majority of churches, no problem going, oh yeah, we believe in creation. But it's bigger than that because we believe in God as the creator. So let, let, let's focus on this a little bit, okay? Isaiah 40, 28 says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. I, I love that verse. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, when I bought my car, the one thing I hate about my car is that I don't have an owner's manual. Everything's online. Whenever you have a problem with your car, <laughs> what do you do? You go to the owner's manual. You go to the owner's up. manual. Yeah. Why? Because they designed it. They designed it. Yeah. If you have a problem in the world, where do you go? You should go back to the designer. Go back to the designer. Or yourself. Or, or, or yourself, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. reaching your full potential. Right. Yeah. It, it's kind of the thing. And so you see that. And then you go to Colossians 1, and it says, hey, for in him all things were created. This is huge. In him all things were created. Things in the heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I always think about Louis Giglio talking about laminin, mm-hmm. that whole principle of laminin. So, this is these are two verses in probably hundreds in yeah. the scripture that talk about God as the creator. Like the first one. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens yeah. and the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sets the tone for the scriptures. Right. Um, and it's interesting because there, there's really, I mean, there's, there's two overarching prevalent belief systems in how the world was created. Right. There is evolution, you know, accident, bang, whatever you want to call it. And there's something created it. Right. Whether you believe in God or not, those are really the two only ways you can believe it, that, that it happened by chance or that it happened by design. So this begins to set the tone, and it establishes the order of things that, that we believe in this. If everything is created, then everything has a creator. God being the creator is ultimately bigger than the, what was created. Right. 
Okay, so now we see the theology starts playing into this. Right, right, and so there's a difference between creation and creator, and and uh, creation, like we are creation, then we have to admit that our creator is so much bigger, wiser, greater, more beautiful. Everything that we see in creation is just a drop from the ocean of God who is the creator, and so we don't want to worship and serve creation. We, we, we want to admit and let God be so much greater than we are. There's so many implications. We were talking yesterday about how we are new creations as yeah. Christians, and, and one day Jesus will come back and create a new heavens and a new earth after he destroys the world, and we're saying he can do that in our hearts now. If we open our hearts, yeah. he can come in, destroy evil, and make us a whole new creation. And so that idea that <clears throat> we should expect when we pray that God... What can God do? What do we expect when? Well, He can take nothing and make something come out of it, like He did in yeah. Genesis one. He can come and the earth was formless and void, and He made this gorgeous earth. And um, so when we pray, we, we're like, "Hey, God created me. Create." I was praying that this morning. You know, just come yeah. in my heart and create. And I think one of the words then that becomes huge for us is the word "new." Sure. New. Sure. We should have a lot of new things in our life. Because if God is creating, then it's like, oh, that's new. Look over here. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because it's not God is the creator. He is creating. Right. It, it's not that he's done. Right. We, we don't necessarily believe, because there right. is this belief system, that, that, that God created everything and kind of pushed the ball downhill and just is kind of letting it roll hands off. Right. I, I would say that we believe that God is very active and present, continually to creating new. He That's can create right. a new heart in you. He can create a new life in you. He That's can create right. a, whatever. Um, and so it, it's interesting that 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 as we start really thinking about this, you don't realize the implications in your everyday life. Yeah, like being creative. Yes. <laughs> when, when we say we want to be creative, look at the blank page and not just parrot someone else, you know, right. or come up with new ideas. We we do this all the time, right? We'll sit yeah. in a team and be we have a creative team, don't we? We have a creative team <laughs> that, that that helps come up with plans that none and of us you can start execute. Every time with prayer. Absolutely. Yeah, because it, it is ultimately God is I think the people we're creative because yeah. we were created by a creative God. Right. Um and and so it's it's amazing. But but let, let's talk about the implications in your everyday life. So as we talk about this doctrine of, of, of that we believe that God is the creator of the earth. We, we believe that. Number one, if you don't believe that, it's hard for you to kind of line up just with the first line of the Bible. Right. Like it, it's kind of the deal. Um, not believing in creation does kind of s- cause a bit of an issue in your theology. But if you believe it, let, let's think through it. it. Your belief about how everything is created sets your belief on how things are controlled. Yeah. So if, if there's a design, then we trust the design, and we know it's going to work. Mm. It's it's how everything in in the world is controlled. Yeah, you know, and and as science, you know, science and and, and God go hand in hand. They, they they don't fight each other. As science learns more about the way the world was designed, yeah, they learn more about how things are controlled. Right. You know, it's now you're seeing cities say, no, 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 you have to have a certain amount of green space. In your city, right? Because the the ecological impact and the the oxygen and carbon dioxide. I mean, and all you have to have certain. They're making like like River Valley Highlands. If it was to start today, they would make them put parks in the middle of the of the 
community right. because they need green space where things can grow and thrive. Yeah. Um, if if you believe everything happened by chance, doesn't that change the way you treat everything? Yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. It's it's like your it's. Let's just be honest. Your kids probably treat the things in your house differently than you do because they didn't pay for them, right? And for the, for the most part, my kids do. I laugh so hard. We're out at the ball field yesterday, and I'm like, you know, all the boys, obviously, they swing, and they drop their bats and stuff like that, and then they're chucking their bats. Well, these bats are $300, 350 mm. And it's like, we're just chucking them over by the fence. You know, it's like, whatever. It's like, And that's what they do, and I'm not mad at them for it or anything, but it's just a thought about that. Like, it never registers in their mind. Right what was the cost and, and what was the design and all that kind of stuff. So it definitely impacts. This is the, the fact that God created everything impacts the way you view everything. So value. Yeah. Yeah. Value comes. So the value of human life even goes back to that. It's created yeah. not just a chance evolving. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. The value of human life, the, the, which yeah. then leads into the way you treat people. Right. Right. And so if God's a creator, he created you. And so, again, like we said, like the car, if, if there's issues, you go back to the creator. You and I like your use of science. I think we should talk about that for a second. Science has to yield to, to, to God um, and, and revelation, uh, you know, because sometimes science discovers stuff and then it disagrees with the scripture and stuff. So you have this battle between evolution and creation. And then you've had people in my day, you know, who've tried to say, well, God just sort of superintended the process of evolution and called it, calls it theistic evolution. Yeah, theistic evolution, yeah. And one of the difficulties with that is if that happened over millions of years, then which one of those transitional forms is actually Adam, you know, right. or Eve, you know? And, and, and so it's, it's difficult to push, to let science push the scripture, because that's even true in the New Testament. Jesus is compared to Adam, his existence as the second Adam, you know, who brought in righteousness you know, in Romans 5, it talks and compares Jesus to Adam. And, and so Adam is seen as a real a man, as a, yeah, as a, a real as being, a, yeah. an actual, like, God made Adam. And so sometimes, you know, when you try to accommodate science, you don't, you, you can't bend the scripture, but so much to accommodate science. Science is human observation, and it needs to submit to God as a creator. What, how, how much, the creation, how much can the creation explain what the creator has done the, the, and great scientists like you know newton they 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 have uh, been godly men who fear god and and submit to his so but not so much today today that science is very you know we all know people they're very proud and here's what science says and the scripture is outdated and all that kind of stuff it's, well, like, and it's funny because that's what we're seeing we're seeing all of a sudden we're not talking about a bunch of different doctrinal statements because now Right. You're talking about the the validity of the scriptures, right? And so it's 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 an interesting thing how they all merge together, right? Um, and and so it's the it this really is the foundation of your belief system, right? Right. In, God, in that created. God created, and then design. And we were talking not too long ago about how what determines our identity is that our design or our desires. That shows a society doesn't go back to design, so they don't no. look at their design to decide who they are. You know. Yeah. Um, their identity comes from their desire. And so, again, when when we go back to a designer, that does establish who we are. It establishes our convictions, our our uh, worship. Yeah, so many things. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. And so, I mean, we could we could expound upon this, but we're trying to kind of give you a 30,000-foot view of this and, and, right. and, and what it is. 
But that's it. Our first statement is that we believe that God created the world. He created the heavens and the earth. We believe he is the creator. So that's it. And we see how it impacts our daily life. It didn't take long for us to sit here and just talk about how it impacts your daily life. But when you stop and think about it. But on a day-to-day basis, most of us don't really think about it. Right. But it is the foundation for your belief system. Our second statement that we're going to tackle today, which will be interesting, is uh, we believe in the Holy Trinity. God the Father... Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like I said, you can go to our church website and click on beliefs, and it, these are all right there, and with a bunch of verses with them. and all kinds of, But this is a big one, because this is probably the most difficult Christian concept to grasp, because there's no real way for us to perfectly and completely understand Trinity. You know, I think about all the illustrations that my pastors have used, and I mean, you hear the, you hear the illustration of the egg, Okay, well, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So you got the egg shell, you got the egg white, and, and the egg yolk. Okay, yeah, okay. You've got the apple, you've got the seed, the stem, and and the skin. You know, the apple, all that kind of stuff. My my favorite one that I think gets the closest is the triple point of water. You familiar with this whole concept yeah. that there Steam, is there is some and certain ice. point, and and you can actually go on YouTube because I watched it because I was fascinated by it. You can go on to, and type in triple point of water. There is a there is a certain point in the temperature or whatever, where water is a solid, a liquid, and a gas all at the same time. That's fascinating to me. But it doesn't encompass it because they all fall apart because all of them are parts. They're not the whole. Right. And so when we talk about the Trinity, this is, this is one that can get, get really, really tricky. And so we see through Scripture. Here's why it's important. The Bible never says the word Trinity. But, but it talks about the three... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all the time. So let's say what, what we mean by Trinity. Yeah, Trinity is that God is one God, but he's three persons at the same time. So three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one God. And as people have tried to explain or, or understand this, they um, have gotten into heresy because they've said, well, that's just one God wearing three hats or three roles or modes. Right. And we actually call that modalism. And that's not right. That's heresy. That's not what it is. One God in three different, you know, with three different roles. It's not that. Nor is it three gods that are unified or like one in spirit, one in purpose. But they're three, you know, separate gods. So it's actually one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And and there's no way we can fully explain or understand that. And and this is the thing. <laughs> Uh, it makes my brain hurt. Like, right, yeah. but we should expect there to be mysteries. So there's a difference between a contradiction and a mystery. A contradiction would be what we see sometimes in other beliefs where we say, how can that be true and that be true? See, that's just why I can't believe that, you know? That's different. This is a mystery. This is saying we as finite creatures believe in an infinite God who created us. We should expect there to be some things our brain can't handle, right? That's not a cop-out, you know? That the skeptic will say, God didn't do what I wanted him to do, so I don't believe he exists. But that means you're playing the role of God. Right. They're, they're saying, they're not admitting that this God is infinite. You're, this is a God you created. <laughs> if you want him to dance when you play the flute, do this, do that, or I don't believe you're real, that's a God you have created. But if really there is a God who created us, then there's a, a huge difference. One of the illustrations I like is that we would take our dog to the vet and she hated that because she got a shot. She'd get all anxious. She didn't like driving I, in the car. I, I'd hate it too. 
And we couldn't explain to her, hey, you got to go there because otherwise you're going to have heartworm, you have this, that, you know. We couldn't have that conversation. So she had to get in the car, go get the I, shot. Whole time she's like, what? And the difference between our mind and hers is nothing compared to the difference between God's mind and ours. I just got this visual of you like sitting on the couch with your dog. <laughs> she just, knows about just, 50 words. Listen. She knows Ruby She knows she knows she has a pretty good vocabulary. Um, yeah. but there's All a lot of things Lynn. we can't explain because they're mine. And what is the difference? We we are God is much higher than us. I mean, I'm a higher form of creature than my dog. Oh, I thought you were totally gonna say me. But Man, God. I thought you were... <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm just saying it's logical. Yeah. I have no problem that if in fact if there weren't things I didn't understand about God, I have to wonder if I created them. If if, sure. if if I can explain everything. And so when it comes to the Trinity, there's other times, not just there, that we have to behold the mystery. We have to say, Well, God has clearly revealed three persons and they're all God, and it's only one God. So we just hold that. We don't try to explain it. And we see we see hints of this, and, it, and it's absolutely true. So don't be don't be panicked because this is this we were talking about this beforehand. We as as people like everything in nice neat boxes, right? We want everything to be in an engineered way that we can stack it, and we want Lego pieces in our theology. Right? God doesn't play that way. Right? He, he doesn't have to play that, that way. Book, yeah. And so it, it's kind of one of those things that you just know. That it's not going to always fit, and this is one of those things. So when we talk about the Trinity, we'll give you what we know, but there's so much mystery. And Isaiah 55 8 says, "My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher." That we just need to remember that it's yeah. not a cop out. You know, in Genesis one, the 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 word there it's used there, Elohim. I was reading this the other day, is is the plural word. Right. It's it's plural. So when it says God created, that word Elohim, the name for God, is a plural word. Then you go to Genesis one. Which would be like we created. Yeah, I was like yeah. we. Then you go to Genesis one twenty six, and he says, "Let us make man in a, in, our in our own image." image. That's plural. It's not the angels so and one we, God. We yeah. see this over and over again. It denotes more than two. And the Bible teaches that we have God the Father. He's God the Father. We have Jesus, who is the Son of God, and that the Holy Spirit is one hundred percent God. Um, but it also teaches that, like you said, it also teaches that there's only one God. Right. And so it is three distinct persons in one God. And, and just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it isn't true. Right. So the Trinity, it, the, the the natures, the distinct persons of God are there. And it was interesting. I was I was reading. So Matthew three. This is Jesus's baptism. Right. Verse sixteen says, "As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, whom I love." With him, I am well pleased. And so we see just in those verses this idea of the Spirit descending like a dove, the Father speaking from heaven, right. and Jesus being the Son of God right there on earth. Right. So we see the Trinity, right? In Second Corinthians, Paul writes, May the grace of our, the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's all in one He's verse. wishing that all of them were, were there. So that kind of thing. And, and so we see... These three entities, and we could give you verse after verse after verse that, right. that supports this kind of thing. And if you want to dive into it, you can. But they all play different roles. Right. You know, the, the Father is the ultimate source and cause of the universe, the divine revelations, all, all of these things. And, and he was responsible for what Jesus did on earth. Right. 
Jesus is the agent by whom the Father does the following, right? The right. creation. We say he was with me before the creation of the world. We, we see all of these things, right? He is responsible for salvation. He does all these things. He was responsible for living life on earth, the perfect life being the spotless Lamb of God. Right. Then we see the Holy Spirit is the means by whom the Father does the things, and he speaks to us and speaks through us. And we see this natural progression of how this Trinity works together. They are all part of the gospel. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so the way I've played this out is like, don't think of the Holy Spirit as someone different. He is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He is the way Jesus Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, Christ yeah. bodily is at the right hand of God in heaven. But spiritually, he's in me. He's in you. He's shining through us. How? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes that possible. But the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to think of him as some crazy force, some mystic force. And a lot of people call the Holy Spirit it. That's one of my pet peeves. He's, yeah. he's a person. It's he. The Holy Spirit is a he. And um, he's he wants to focus on Jesus. So the way that Jesus is in us is through through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I love that. Do you think it's because that the Holy Spirit doesn't have a name? Like we have Father right. and we have Jesus. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit was like used to be called the Holy Ghost. Right, the Holy which <laughs> I think that? probably scared people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, then you really start thinking of him as weird. Yeah, yeah, then it was like he was this hovering weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad they changed it. Yeah. Um which I don't understand why spirit and ghost right. we could go down the road. But it's interesting. And so yeah, we, we do like we do say that and we, we even say it without even thinking about it. I probably said it from the stage, right. the Holy Spirit, it you know, but it's it's it, it is a person. It is a distinct right. person right. that that works in us and through us. And it's amazing. Okay, so why does this matter in our everyday life? Why does the Trinity matter? Like we could go we could tell you why. The, the Holy Spirit matters in our everyday life because yeah. as believers we know that that's what helps guides us. Right. The Holy Spirit, He guides us through things. Right. In our in our everyday life, why does the Trinity matter? Well, let's let's just. So what? Yeah, to me, one of the things is the first small group in 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 history goes back to all eternity, and that's God Himself. Is is existed? See, small groups are biblical. He's existed in in community. He's existed in perfect fellowship with Himself. With the three, and and then when Jesus prays the night before he's crucified for for us and the disciples, he prays that we'll have the same love for one another that he has for the Father and the Father has for him, and so there's a tremendous love between the members of the Trinity. They're in perfect unity. God was not lonely. That's not why he created us. You know, he created us to reflect his uh, fellowship and perfect community. So. We we pattern our unity off the unity in the Trinity. That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that shows you that it, it's a huge deal. It, it's a huge part of the process by which we're saved because you think right. about it. God the Father sent Jesus, and before the foundation of the world, they had this plan in place. Right. Which always amazes me. It's like before sin even happened, God's like, hey, we need a plan. Yeah, God sent true. a Father, sent Jesus to die for us, which then brought the Holy Spirit right. to, the, to the earth, to, to us. Right. And and he indwells us. So right. the whole Trinity is involved in the process of our salvation. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's it's funny. And, and I, I was reading, and one writer said that the Trinity and the gospel have the same shape. Hmm. And this is how God saves us by sending His Son and His Spirit. Our salvation hangs on these two sendings. Hmm. If Jesus never came, we could never be saved. Yeah. If Jesus never came, the Holy Spirit would have never come. Right. Right? Without them, God would still be a father, but he wouldn't be our father. Right. He would still have a son, but he wouldn't have the many sons. Right. 
right? The Trinity matters if you want to know because if you want to know God, because God is Trinity. Right. God is the triune God. And so if you're really striving to know God, it isn't it isn't for anything beyond itself because that the Trinity is God. God is God in this way. Right? Um, John 17, John writes, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. To know God is to savingly know him as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anything less is sub-Christian. Yeah. Uh, the Trinity matters because God matters, even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if it doesn't seem practical. Right. Right? It's our life. In, in the nature of our life, you know? Right. I think about our church services because we do communion. What's communion to remind us of? Jesus. Yeah. Right? We sing a lot of songs worshiping God as the Father, and we talk often about the Holy Spirit right. walking with us and through us and, and and motivating us to live the life, to conquer the flesh. Right. I was talking to you before we started, because one of my questions when I really first discovered the Holy Spirit, who do we pray to, you know? And the pattern in Jesus' Lord's Prayer is to say, Father in heaven, my Father, our Father who is in heaven. So we address the Father in Jesus' name, by the power of the Spirit. The His, Spirit leads us in and gives us the words to say and mm -hmm. cries through us. So, so empowered by the Spirit, access given by the name of Jesus, we address the Father. I also say, Lord Jesus. I mean, I, I, I will talk yeah. to Jesus and just say, you know, you are my Lord, and I know that abiding in you uh, and you and me leads to my being effective and fruitful. So... I think we can address the Father typically, the pattern, but then also, of course, Jesus as our Lord and, and Savior. We can talk directly to Him. We certainly come to the Father through His name. But then the Holy Spirit, you were talking about, do we talk well, yeah, to the like, Holy There's not. I don't, I don't feel like you... I ever really talk, pray to the Holy Spirit, yeah. but I am constantly talking to Him. And, and, and He is the one giving us the, the words. I mean, whether that's a prayer language or whether it's just... You know, he's inspiring my prayer. He's giving me creative ideas, things to ask that are God-sized, that are exciting visions for my life. The Holy Spirit empowers. He's our prayer partner. He holds our hand and, and prays through us in our weakness and our ignorance. He leads us in prayer. Uh, but then Jesus opens the way and is the reason our prayers are answered. Uh, is is through Jesus, but then the Heavenly Father is the one we're to think of. He's the He's the one in our mind that Jesus wants us to think of a, a loving Heavenly Father predisposed to bless us. Um, so, so it's interesting how the Trinity relates to prayer. You know? Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah. so we see how it impacts our daily life because right. it tells us we should be praying without ceasing. Right. We should be constantly in prayer. And so we see again. You wouldn't think about it. Like when, when you really just everyday life, you don't think about these things. So this is where I'm really in, I'm enjoying this. And like right. I said, I told you, I said, as I was studying, I got more excited about it, just kind of yeah. how it really does, because it makes it reminds me again that these doctrines that, that we hold true as a church right. really, really matter. Yeah, they, they're the key subjects that come up in our study of the Bible. Yeah. And so as we get ready to do it, we're going we're gonna to stop there because we could continue on for another probably hour on these things. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to bore you um, and, you know, that kind of thing. But we're going to talk about the rest, rest of the statements about God next week as, as we continue walking through this. And like I said, we're giving you a bird's eye view, and we challenge you to study it. You can get on and look at all kinds of studies. You can get on Right Now Media and, and all these things and, and do some study on your own. But these are the things that we don't think about that, that challenge us in our everyday beliefs. These are the foundation blocks upon which our life is built on. 
Yeah. And so it, it's just fun for me to sit there and like, you know, the whole God's first name is Howard because the Bible tells you, our father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. You know what I mean? That kind of <laughs> I've not heard that one. You've not, you've not heard that one? Really? Oh, wow. Uh, I got I got tons of them. It's, it, it's terrible. Um, but... But there you go, people. We're starting to talk about God. We hope you enjoy these doctrines. Be with us for the next few weeks as we walk through some of these basic doctrines that that we believe that are essential to the Christian faith, that are building blocks that we can we can build our life on that are constant. Today it was that God is the creator and that God is a triune God. Well, we hope you've enjoyed it today. We hope you continue to live out your life in a way that just shines Jesus everywhere around you. Continue to be the message, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.